Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Today we talk about Leipzig winning the cup, Stuttgart staying up, and we ask what's up for Eintracht Frankfurt after Oliver Glasner's departure. All of this and a little bit more in this week's edition of Beer and Honey. Hello, dear listener. Hello, dear supporter of the Beer and Honey podcast. We'll welcome you to another edition, looking back at the German Cup final and a few other things and bits and bobs, including the relegation playoff. With me, Raphael Honigstein. And me, Christoph Biermann. All right, before we start, let me just quickly remind you that we continue to need your help, if you can, and sign up to become a member, or even better, an ultra. Uh, your support will make it possible for Beer and Honey to keep going next season. Don't worry, uh, you will not lose money if for whatever reason we can't fulfill our obligations. You'll get the pro rata money back, so no worries about that. But we're very hopeful that with your kind support, we will be back next season. And we're certainly still going this summer. So keep tuning in and keep supporting us if you can. Thank you very much. Christoph, uh, the Bundesliga relegation playoffs brought the maybe expected result. Stuttgart, the uh, team from Bundesliga 1, stayed up. Hamburg is staying down. 6-1 on aggregate. Maybe the result in the second leg slightly flattering the Swabians. But overall, could we see the difference in class, quite literally? And what does it say about this relegation playoff that we've had, what is it, only three wins in the last 12, I think I'm right in saying? No, it's, um, it's uh, since 2009 when the relegation uh, uh, returned because it, it started in 1982 and went yeah. on until 1991 uh, and then it was abandoned and it returned in 2009 and it, uh, and you're right uh, only three cases where the Bundesliga team went down after these relegation matches it was Energie Cottbus in the uh, first season And then it was Hertha in uh, 2012, um, losing to um, Fortuna Düsseldorf, uh, Energie Cottbus losing uh, to um, Erste FC Nürnberg. And famously in 2019, Union Berlin making it to the Bundesliga. And uh, Stuttgart at that time had to go down. But, but what we can see is... Um, um, I think we, we really have to think about if it makes sense in the future to have this uh, relegation in a way we have it right now. Uh, because the gap between the uh, Bundesliga and the second Bundesliga, I think, is too big. And um, and you could see it in these two matches. Um, the one on, on uh, Thursday, um, it was 3-0 in the first leg for Stuttgart. And it could have easily been 4-0, 5-0 or even higher and um, 
And I don't think this the result was flattering uh, for for Stuttgart yesterday. But but anyhow, I mean, maybe it could have been a draw. Or so, but it's uh, apart from the first ten minutes when von um, Hamburg was really uh, creating a lot of energy. Had this early goal by Sonny Kittel, where one nil up, everybody ecstatic. But then, I think um, uh, Stuttgart managed to control. Uh, the match, I wouldn't say easily, but um, yeah, but they could manage uh, to control it, and uh, in the end, one three one. But 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 what what do you think? I mean, uh, should we adapt the the English model? What do you think? The, the the problem with the the English system is that, of course, when you have three teams going down from twenty, it the chances of staying up are still quite high. When it's three from 18, it gets a lot more complicated. And I think it's going to be hard for the Bundesliga one clubs to say, you know what, fine, let's just get rid of three three teams every year. So let's say you agree to that. Then, yes, then I would say it doesn't really make a lot of sense at this point to have the third best team from Bundesliga 2 play against the third worst team from Bundesliga 1. Maybe the difference isn't always as big as it was between Stuttgart, who, as we were saying on this podcast, shouldn't really be there anyway, and we could see their quality. But the difference in money is vast because Bundesliga two clubs, they, unlike, let's say, in the championship, they don't spend huge amounts of money betting on going up. And then they're, when they do go up, they have a reasonable chance of, of staying up, especially if they add then another 100 million. They have to be much more careful. Hamburg, as the biggest Bundesliga 2 club, have about a budget of 40 million euros. That is, I think, about a third what Stuttgart have. And that shows on the pitch. So I don't think it's a fair battle in a way. So the only thing you could do is either say, let's just leave it with two and forget about the third altogether. Or if you want those extra games and you want the extra drama, then just have a playoff between Bundesliga two clubs. But to get the Bundesliga one clubs involved at this point, it doesn't seem to really give us much because the difference three out of 14 times, as you as you said, is just a bit too vast. I would like to have a Bundesliga with 20 teams actually. Um, oh, Christoph. And I, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm a traditionalist. Uh, and the, the Bundesliga almost all the, uh, all the time had 18 teams. Only in the first two seasons, they had 16. And then there was one season, or was it two? I don't remember. I when think it was uh, one. One season after a reunification when the East and West German football was merged. Uh, but we've stayed to 18. But I think, I mean, Germany is a country with 80 million uh, people. And I think it's it's um, easy to uh, to have 20 teams. I know that all these teams that are in the <laughs> Bundesliga right now wouldn't, wouldn't agree because uh, they had to distribute money uh, that is now with them, uh, with two others. Uh, but I think it would be a good idea. And then 
um, as you rightly say, uh, then you can um, adapt the the English uh, system and have these uh, fantastic playoffs um, between the uh, um, uh, third two, three, four, five, third to six uh, in in the second division. Yeah, or you could have nineteen teams. Oh, and then. And then every week one team has a has a break and can go and play in South Korea or Saudi Arabia. <laughs> okay, you're the modernist. I see. I see it. Um, I, I think you, you we won't make many friends with that uh, suggestion and with this plan. And uh, probably not. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but but let's let's talk a, a second about um, um, a Hamburg. Um, it was very impressive how they were supported, even uh, after everybody realized again they will, won't make it to the Bundesliga. They go into their sixth season now in the, in the second division. So, and you see how difficult it is now uh, for even a club of the size of Hamburg is to to return to to, to the Bundesliga. Um, there is the sense about Hamburg that the club who was divided and um, not at all well run, that they have found some kind of unity. Uh, but, but I don't like the football they are playing. Um, I don't like this uh, this Walter Ball named after their coach Tim Walter, whose contract was extended. Or the news broke that after um, after the game, his his contract is extended until nineteen uh, until twenty twenty five. Um, but what, what do you think about it? I, I think it's just too risky. <laughs> because you think they have no stability at the back with too many players going forward or yeah exactly um so what what they are doing for for everybody who hasn't seen them play is um uh, one aspect is that they always uh, play out from the back um they never hit long balls um even in the most desperate moments they they um they drilled to play it out and they they do it i think well um, you, you see a lot of triangles, a lot of movements, uh, good positional play, and so on. But still, it's risky um, because uh, there seems to be the iron rule. It's, it isn't allowed, never allowed uh, uh, to whack it up front. And the other thing is, um, and you, I think you could see it, especially in the first leg in Stuttgart, Stuttgart had, had so many spaces. I, I think they were like, oh, we, 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 we didn't ever have that in, in a single Bundesliga match. Great. It's so much fun to, to, uh, to play here um, <clears throat> because um, uh, Hamburg is attacking uh, very high and the, um, the rest, rest Verteidigung um, so the rest defense is um, l um, is, is low in numbers. So uh, very often uh, their defenders have one against one situation. No, nobody uh, helping you. No protection and so on. Uh, I mean, if I would be fan of Hamburg, uh, that would kill me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're nearly dead from from supporting Farfel Bochum with your near life uh, or near death experience. We don't want to push you over the edge with Hamburg. I think what an interesting thing they do is they like to push their centre backs into midfield. Um, there's always, I think, uh, you have to playing in that team move so when the two center backs they pass the ball each other they're not they're not keeping their position but one of them then starts running into midfield which is a nice for the build-up and i guess uh, makes their game quite dominant but of course then that person might be missing if you lose the ball further up and you know what i what i think having seen this team live not not long ago you can really see the difference in the players Uh, Bundesliga 1 and 2, everything takes a little bit longer, they're a little bit slower, technically they're just a little bit worse and I think he likes to, I think his football would work better with better players. Maybe everyone's football works better with better players, but I think think, uh, uh, his players in particular maybe are being asked a little bit too much from, from the system. But Uh, Jonas Bolt, the sport director of Hamburg, is very happy with him. They're very close. They seem to have the support from from the board. And they will stick together and try and make it happen next season. So let's see. Um, what do we learn from um, Stuttgart's performance in the in the relegation? They were dominant. Um, they they deserve to, to win it. They deserve to stay in the Bundesliga, no, no doubt about it. After a, um, uh, ter- uh, a, can we say terrible season? I don't know, but but a a a, a, a roller coaster season with uh, four coaches: Pellegrini, Materazzo, Michael Wimmer, who take a, t- took over as an interim coach; Bruno Labbadia, who probably laid the foundation. Uh, uh, to that the club was safe because they were actually really fit also towards the end of the season and then he was um, replaced by Sebastian Hoeneß um, and and I th- think under Hoeneß they looked like the best version um, of themselves so can we be can we be optimistic for them or is are there some inbuilt uh, problems that uh, desperately needed needs to be repaired. No, I think we can be optimistic. I think they weren't they probably weren't the first the third worst team in the Bundesliga. If Sebastian Hunes takes over earlier and has this good run then they may be safe in mid table. He will have more time with the team. I hope that they will not have to sell any of their big players. I think that would really help. Vanyuman or Girassi, you take them out, then I think that would, would hurt them. Or uh, Bona Sosa as well. Really good I, player. I think the absolutely key player is, is Vaturo Endo. I mean, he is uh, he, he is like the, the hard-ons. He is not only the team captain, interestingly, a, a team captain who almost... Uh, doesn't speak any German, but he is the uh, spiritual leader. He is the, uh, the 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 example for everybody else. He is so impressive. I think every can, team can be happy to have a player like him um, on the pitch. And um, and I think uh, there are clubs that see it and uh, might be interested in in him. But but I also agree. Manuman is also very good and. Girassi, uh, I mean, he 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 was 
their lifeline uh, towards the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, Stuttgart will be with us next year in the Beer and Honey podcast when we look at uh, Bundesliga 1 uh, again. And of course, the two finalists of the DFB-Pokal will also be there, although in very different makeups, maybe. Um, lots of changes coming, um, especially at Frankfurt, who will be without Oliver Glasner. They lost the DFB-Pokal final against Leipzig. What was the result? 2-0? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they will lose probably a couple of big players in Daichi Kamada and maybe Randall Kolomwani, although that's not confirmed yet. Uh, but now let's talk a little bit about the DFB Pokal Finale, the DFB Cup, German FA Cup final in Berlin. Uh, Christoph, did you go there? Yeah, I did. How was it for you? It, it was fantastic atmosphere-wise. Uh, very impressive. Um, I think uh, uh, Frankfurt supporters managed to get two thirds of the tickets. I don't know how they did it, um, but 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 they they seem to be all, all over the place. And um, uh, great atmosphere, maybe a bit too much um, pyro, and especially uh, böller. What is that in in, in English? Böller? Um, Firecrackers. Yeah, firecrackers, but firecrackers that um, that uh, rather sounded like hand grenades. So um, uh, that wasn't so nice, um, but it, it was not 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 in a sense that you had. It was aggressive, yes, but it it was not like people were trying to storm the pitch or or something like that. And um, yeah, great atmosphere from from Frankfurt. Um, but um, the game was pretty underwhelming, uh, I, I must confess. Um, a tactical battle. A tactical battle. Okay, tell, tell us a about... A chess game. Uh, tell us about the nuances of this tactical battle, please, Raphael, because... Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Frankfurt, they played with a block of four to uh, move the game to the wide areas. No, I mean, they... They basically negated each other. I think we have to say, first of all, good job for Frankfurt because Leipzig have a better better team, have better players. And Frankfurt really managed to keep them down to almost no chances uh, during the game. There was an early one for Timo Werner. Then Frankfurt had one or two good counter attacks, which didn't really quite find the finish that they needed. And then Leipzig played a little bit better in the second half. But we had very, very little by way of real excitement in front of the two goals. And everyone afterwards agreed, especially the Frankfurt uh, players and officials, that it was the kind of game where the first goal really then changes. And first goal win, wins almost. And that's exactly what happened. Leipzig scored a lucky goal, a couple of deflections it took from Christopher Nkuku. And then on the break, again, Nkunku with a nice assist and then an easy finish from Dominic Sobolai. Soboslai. And that was it. Yeah, and um, I was impressed um, uh, how um, how much uh, co control uh, Leipzig had uh, after they were 1-0 up. You would expect like a, a desperate attack by Frankfurt to get the equalizer, but 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 they um, they were totally controlled by by Leipzig, so that was 
very uh, impressive and uh, but interestingly not only uh, the match itself was yeah as I said underwhelming um, also the TV ratings were terrible uh, only six million people were watching it I mean it was uh, eight o'clock on German TV uh, prime time uh, no, no uh, pay TV stuff and uh, around it so you could easily watch it wherever you go but but people didn't want to watch it I th still think um, that is um, Leipzig is probably not f to many it's very unpopular disliked and so on but also a lot of people are simply not interested in them uh, I think that's the main story and the main concern so you you have a top team that nobody cares about yeah uh, that, that seems to be the case although th their ratings were better when they played for example Freiburg uh, last year where you think really I mean Who's, who's watching that game as, <laughs> as a neutral? Uh, maybe they were all watching Freiburg. Of course, that there's a possibility. But yeah, there was a strange, uh, strange ratings. I don't know, maybe because the game was later in the year. Maybe there was um, holidays. Uh, yeah, the, the, the weather was fantastic. So I think a lot of people were just sitting outside and having a beer or sitting in the garden and didn't have a TV at hand or so. <laughs> yeah. What occurred to me, Christoph, and let's see if you agree, is it felt a little bit that apart from Frankfurt having perhaps just not got the firepower that, that Leipzig has and that was ultimately the difference, it felt to me as if Leipzig had learned a lot of the lessons of last season, or I should say last last year's DFB Pokal Finale. They looked so nervous as favourites against Freiburg. They had a red card after 60 minutes or so, Marcel Halstenberg. They just about squeezed through very lucky, in very lucky circumstances by equalising late and then... Um, having a few shots, I think that there was Freiburg hit the post, I think, or the bar. And then they won on penalties. And this time around, they were talking a lot, a lot about the fact that they had to be much more alert, much more controlled in the final. And I think it, it kind of worked for them. And I was, despite the football being not that exciting, I was a little bit impressed by that. And also like the fact that they seem to be better winners than last year. Uh, you remember that uh, Kevin Campbell drank Red Bull lemonade, if that's the right word, the Red Bull energy drink from the cup, which really was a desecration of uh, one of uh, Germany's holiest uh, items. West German, <laughs> West German's holiest item since the war. Um, this time... We saw them cradling the cups or two cups um, quite gently, like little babies in the dressing room. And we also saw them celebrating with beer and dousing Marco Rosa with beer in the press conference, ruining the speaker system and the <laughs> microphone system in, in the process. But overall, a club and a team that looked more mature. Yeah, both on and off the pitch. Yeah, it it was a very mature uh, performance. As I said, a bit boring, but but uh, effective, like a top team, and uh, and they were there when uh, when it counted. So so yeah, that was was also impressive. And 
Um, maybe we uh, let's look a bit into the future because it's it's taking shape at, at Leipzig um, as we we, we uh, often have said Christoph von Kunku will leave very um, very likely to Chelsea Konrad Leimer will very likely leave to to uh, Bayern and um, they um, but the replacements uh, um, seem to be clear uh, right now. So um, uh, Christo, Christoph van Kunku will re be replaced by Lois Openda, the, the Belgian who was the first ever Belgian who scored uh, more than 20 goals in Ligue 1 for uh, Arcelance, the um, sensational uh, team from the north of France who now became second this season. Uh, very impressive football they are playing there. Uh, enthusiastic supporters and uh, Openda was one of their heroes and uh, probably as a replacement for for Konrad Leimer Niki Seiwald is coming what, what you, can you tell us about him uh, one of these um, sup I, I think they managed to find him in Salzburg how did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> really good scouting, really good scouting. Yeah, great. They, uh, they have a famous uh, 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 scouting team. Yeah. yeah. Um, very different player than Connie Kalima, actually. Much more of a, of a playing sort of number six. Uh, likes to turn on the ball and dribble a little bit and, and play passes. Uh, less of a runner. And, and that's going to change, I think, the team. Uh, Baumgartner... Uh, also Austrian. Coming from Hoffenheim. Coming from Hoffenheim. He is more of an attacking-minded uh, uh, player. So you can say maybe Konrad Leimer is so all-action that you need two <laughs> players to, to replace him. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see how how that changes the team because Seiwald is is not really a typical Red Bull player in the way he plays. He's, he's more technical. Um, that's that's going to be interesting, and yeah, Openda. Of course, there's hope that he can replace Nkunku up front. But it feels to me again that Leipzig seem very settled. Maybe there's still a couple of question marks about Max Ebal, the new sporting director, whether he will stay or go and change job again, because Bayern, or perhaps more importantly, Uli Hoeneß, uh, seem to rate him quite highly and Bayern are looking for a sporting director but in Marco Rosa and the bulk of this team they feel to me more settled and happy with themselves than at any point since Julian Nagelsmann left we had some really up and down times with Jesse Marsh and Domenico Tedesco and now yeah there seems to be a continuity and I wasn't surprised that they actually started for the first time ever really talking about the chance of winning the title next season because um, the confidence is very high. Yeah. Um, what are the prospects for, for Frankfurt? Uh, we have to wave goodbye to Oliver Glasner. Um, will we see him in, in the Premier League again or in England again? A few months ago, his stock was very high and he was uh, seen as one of the possible candidates to replace Antonio Conte at Spurs that ship has sailed at least for the moment we haven't really seen him linked with any other jobs of a similar caliber there aren't really too many other jobs open 
if you want to improve from Frankfurt, you're not going to do that by going to Crystal Palace or, or Bournemouth. But I think he might have scared off a few clubs by falling out with two sporting directors in his last two jobs. But when it comes to working with a team and giving a team organization and identity and having a teams perform very much at the limit of what they can do, his track record is, is fantastic. Uh, winning the Europa League with Frankfurt, getting into the last 16 of the Champions League in the first time they ever played this competition, uh, getting to the final again of the German FA Cup, finishing seventh, which, which was seen as a bad season, still seventh, uh, and playing in the Europa Conference League next year. He's done really good stuff, I think, with his teams. Uh, but... but um I think in 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 England the the role of the manager is still a bit different from what we have in Germany where we have a, a structure with a sporting director or or technical director or however you call him and and these guys who are mostly have the 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 say in the whole transfer dealing where I think managers in in England are still more involved uh in the um in the in the or having more of a say uh in this field and i think that was the main complaint by by glasner so if he would come to england i i, I think maybe he would he would come into a um a situation that is better for him yeah uh, possibly his english is good I saw there was an interesting documentary on The Zone about Frankfurt's first ever Champions League campaign. And there was a lot of scenes of him talking to the team and mostly spoken in English. And yeah, he sounded very inspiring, great motivator. And I think there's a, there's a big market for him. He will probably wait to see if there's a bigger German club. Um, there aren't that many places you can go from Frankfurt, but maybe something will open up. If not, then I'm sure the Premier League or maybe even France might be might be an interesting destination for him. It looks like as if um, Dino Topmuller will replace um, Oliver Glasner. Um, he was um, assistant um, to Julian Nagelsmann at Bayern. And um, famously... His father coached Eintracht Frankfurt many years back. Um, I think that helps. Huh? The, this, um, this. Uh, I think it's a story that you instantly like as a as a football fan. Ah, now the next Topmüller is coming. Um, but 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 I don't know. What do you think? It could help. Klaus Topmüller was a hugely popular player. Frankfurt great striker as a coach he only had less than one full season made some impact especially through well how do I best put this <laughs> <laughs> some help from an animal friend <laughs> inside the dressing room yeah he, he, he brought 
a living eagle to the to the um, uh, dressing room. I mean, um, the um, the eagle is is in the badge of Eintracht Frankfurt, and and nowadays they also have an eagle as a as a mascot, um, a living eagle who comes comes to the stadium. And we, I don't know if it, it was already this eagle or another eagle, but but this eagle came uh, was brought by Klaus Topmüller to. Um, uh, to to the uh, dressing room to inspire his team uh, that was already on a good run and uh, they were top of the table at at that time uh, when he gave a press conference and famously was saying bye bye Bayern because he already felt uh, uh, that they couldn't get him anymore uh, but uh, dramatically uh, after this uh, uh, Frankfurt started to lose and uh, in the end Klaus Tockmöller was uh, sacked and um, yeah, so um, Klaus Topmöller, a real character, I would say, and and in a way also a very uh, inspirational coach of of, of his time. Um, uh, famously uh, going to the um, Champions League final with Bayer Leverkusen, and also they are very uh, fond memories of him at uh, Bochum. Uh, where he managed to bring back the team uh, from the second division from to the Bundesliga and straight into international football. So um, uh, yes, his um, his son who didn't have a Dino he, who didn't have a great career as a player um, uh, ha has worked a lot. I would say in the shadows. Um, and now maybe he's stepping up front and uh, let's see if uh, if he takes over in Frankfurt. Yeah, it's a big step up for him. He's only been head coach in in Luxembourg uh, before. Uh, some of those jobs were as a player manager at a very low level and half a season in Belgium. So that's a, it's a big step up. But to go back to the <laughs> Eagle story, <laughs> I just looked it up. It was Attila, the actual mascot. Attila the Eagle, who was paraded in the dressing room. And Klaus Topman, a very inspirational speech, told his players, among them Uwe Bein, Anthony Yeboah and JJ Okocha, you have to grab the opponent like the eagle grabs its prey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But they finished fifth and he was fired in April <laughs> of that season. Uh, there, um, before we go, we have to uh, mention... A winner uh, of this weekend uh, that didn't even play and is Bayer Leverkusen because um, Frankfurt uh, lost the final. So Leverkusen could keep their uh, Europa League place uh, uh, because Frankfurt lost. Um, had Frankfurt won it, they would have gone to the Europa League and Bayer Leverkusen instead um, going to the Conference League. And, and if you take this all together, them losing on the last day 3-0 in Bochum and only getting there because um, Wolfsburg was so stupid to lose 2-1 at home against Hertha and then Frankfurt losing. So the, the football god seems to be very fond of Xabi Alonso. A lucky general, as Napoleon said. But I'm sure that's not all, he, all he's got going for himself. Um, all right, that's all we got time for. We'll be back with a special edition of your questions. So please do send them in. We'll do a mailbag 
Bee and Honey next week on Monday. So please do send in your questions. Uh, lots to talk about. Bayern Munich's transfer window, Borussia Dortmund, what's happening with Jude Bellingham, etc. So I'm sure you have enough questions and we'll try to answer them all faithfully and accurately as much as we can. Uh, can also please use this opportunity to remind you we have a big target of 400 members of the supporters club uh, please if you can consider and then indeed do sign up to become a member of the supporters club because we need a bit of help to keep beer and honey going uh, don't worry we've had one reply saying i don't want to sign up and then you don't make enough money and then beer and honey disappears mm -hmm. that won't happen well that could happen but you will not lose your money um, steadyhq.com will give money back if you pay for a whole season you'll only pay for the actual podcast that we will deliver so there's no risk uh, please make it happen if you can we really appreciate your support and we thank you in advance have a lovely week and we'll be back on Monday with the special Maybach edition I was Raphael Honigstein I was Christoph Biermann and we say bye 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 Beer and Honey, the German football podcast.